What's next for Naughty Dog? Savage Starlight? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a place to podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing y'all lucky episode 73. Closer 73. and closer to episode 100. Oh man, Saul, didn't me and you have uh, some discussions about an episode 75 thing that we uh, totally didn't come back to? We need to we need to dig back and through our memories. Was it like was it what I think it is like making us? I I don't honestly remember, but it was like I think making we, us a video game of ourselves or something. Oh no! I was oh yeah, that was that. But also about something we talked about like episode seventy, like we hinted at because we were talking about it pre-show and we never went back. to Oh it. yeah, the big old maybe giveaway thing. Y'all should stay tuned for next episode. Okay, we well we'll, get, we we'll have to talk about that. I'm glad out. we thought about that because I'd forgotten yeah, entirely about similar that. to what we did with twenty five, right? For Hellblade, yeah, or not Hellblade, near and then the thermos that... Um, that was like episode 10, man. Was it really? We, we, wow. we were ballsing in at the 10 episodes. We sure were. Oh, man. Made Easier times, simpler times. Way simpler. Uh, we had an ugly, hideous uh, intro that I do not enjoy at all anymore. But, Saul, so we are trying to square to place this podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we're a little closer than we usually are to the camera. Uh, you can find us on YouTube in video format every Monday at 10 a.m. 12 p.m. Uh, 12 <laughs> 10 a.m. PST 12 p.m. CST yeah. uh, on video, like we said video format on YouTube uh, if you like what we're doing there consider giving us a subscribe hit the little bell it'll tell you when our episodes drop every Monday bare minimum with this show and then we do extra stuff like our stream that we did on Twitch and then re-upload it onto here our bonus episodes that we do and then Saul's occasional Let's Play series that he rolls through here and there Saul's Place uh, Saul Place you, uh, you can also find us on iTunes, and I've resubmitted for uh, Spotify and then all other, uh, besides Spotify currently, but we're hoping to change that. Uh, anyway, all other podcast services, if you listen to us on iTunes, consider giving us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Gets our numbers up there. Helps people find us a little easier. And, of course, we just like the feedback. Um, Let's see. You can find us on Patreon, uh, where we have a tier where we make custom cases, and we've done probably about good twenty-five to twenty-seven somewhere in that ballpark uh, of them. Uh, Saul's joining me in that, so he's he's working on his first to and be revealed. You guys will probably shortly. see it Wednesday if all goes well. I know, like last episode, I said Friday, but um, the place we get it printed at had some problems. But Saul's a liar. That, no, <laughs> no I'll say I'll say Brett has it. Actually, I, I kind of want that. I kind of want to frame it. Just be like. For whatever reason, this is the very first printout, and it came out like this. <laughs> I don't have it actually because I didn't oh, want to yeah. pay for it. How much? So. How much? How much did that cost, anyways? Like to pay for that? Uh, like, I mean, like normally, bucks? yeah, no, not even that, man. Oh, wow. It's cheap. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Saul's getting into that. If you want to find us on Patreon, we have a one dollar tier just to support us and get a cool Discord color name and a name at the end of all of our videos, which we've started doing moving forward. So thank you to all of our patrons. The three and five dollar tiers also get those benefits, some different Discord colored names depending on which tier you're in, and of course the ability to uh, be entered for. A chance to win one of the custom cases. If you are the winner and are selected, then you will be contacted and you can choose what of the cases we've already designed you would like. We will get it printed out, cut out, um, assembled, and sent to you. With that being said, uh, Saul, I didn't mention Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Triangle SQRD. Uh, that's our main thing that we do, but we also have our uh, relatively newly minted Facebook that we are still trying to get into the remembering. I I use it. Saul doesn't, so I'm trying to be the one who remembers to include it in here. I, I do I frequent do use Twitter. it. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've made a concerted effort to be on Facebook more uh, and to try and contact and reach out to people on there more. Um, 
But that sets all. What have you been playing this week? And uh, what are you excited for that's already come out that you have that you haven't played? Because I have a, I have a sad few of those. Yeah, dude. Uh, so I played Death Gambit when it came out. That's a fantastic game. Had some performance issues here and there were crashing and such. So did you duck Fatal out? Fatal errors. I, I didn't really duck out, but I was going to play on a saw plays around that game. And I still might after I beat it one time. But um, it's super interesting. And I was really wanting to do it all in one day and, and, and beat the game and then upload every every episode instead of once a week have like the next following four or five days of nothing but saw plays every day to kind of oh. get like an upload a day out. So you had plans to make that your next right, saw plays. Until I started playing and realized that I was getting a fatal crashing error very randomly. They said it was fixed. However, I want to go create a new character, and then it happened again just the other night. So I guess we're, I'm still kind of waiting on a patch to kind of really dig my teeth into that. Okay. But uh, I did play a lot of Dead Cells, as you guys saw our stream on um, Wednesday. And other than that, I still get my like weekly two or three games of Rainbow Six in just for fun. Same goes with Rocket League. And I have Divinity original sin enhanced edition the very first one uh i bought that in the psn sale for 10 bucks yesterday and it, it's downloading to my ps4 as i speak so i'm gonna get home and play that for a little bit and then probably lay down tonight in bed a little early because i have to wake up super early in the morning and uh play Work dead cells on my switch but that's about it what about you literally have only played dead cells Every day, it's a good game every like that. second that I can play a game, it's like it just pervades my thoughts. I can't get away from it. Wait till it's you get a Switch. so ridiculously good. I don't even need a Switch. I mean, I would probably be screwing around and trying to play it at work, so it's probably good that I don't have it because, you know, it's like almost an addiction at this point. Literally, I come home, I'm like, I, I really want to play yeah. <laughs> Dead Cells, and I have to force myself to do the other things I need to do first what? and then do it. So, you know, we got pretty far in the stream, right? Yeah. Uh, I got after the stream, after that uh, that same night, uh, I pushed through and, uh, or was it? No, it was last night. Oh, yeah, okay. So it was last night that I, I pushed through crazy. Uh, and I Excuse got me. all the way to what I think may be the last boss. So I was definitely wrong on my four estimate. I think that there's more. I can't say for sure, though. I have now fought four bosses for sure, though. Uh, and with that being huh. said, I have not beat the Hand of the King. So it's crazy. Just to give you a little bit of, uh, of an idea of just how much different it is from all the other boss fights, uh, there's the conjunctive... Uh, Conjunctivius or whatever his name is. It's not conjunctivitis. It's something really close to that. Oh, okay. Conjunctivius or something like Pinka. that. Um, but anyway, so he, he does kind of have a, a thing where he spawns like ads, but they're really not ads. They're like part of him to an extent. Right. Or I don't know if they're part of him. But anyway, they seem like they're more intrinsic to the fight. Well, when you fight this dude, there are platforms that that appear and disappear, and, and he spawns like legit ads and elites in, in the middle of his boss fight. Um it, it was crazy, and I was like, yeah, I'm totally prepared for this. I'm good. I, I made it all the way through the throne, throne room. I uh, found a bunch of extra stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing really well. I've got uh, upgraded to my four uh, potions where I can use four. I, I went through all that, and I fought him. I got him down to like a little under half health, and he just demolished wow. me. Yeah, that's. It felt like fighting the concierge for the first time when you have no Man. clue what's going on, and you're just yeah. kind of like, wait, what? I remember that fight. I still like. I still haven't gotten past him on Switch. Like I keep getting the worst runs on Switch where I'm not getting. Anything. I got a weird run where I didn't have any traps uh, on us. You know, one of the subsequent playthroughs after I died from the uh, the hand of the king, and it put me in a position where I was not able to find any traps or powers. So I had no L2 R2s, uh, and I ran through and I beat the concierge entirely just off of uh, the rusty sword. It wasn't the rusty sword because I have the random select. Oh yeah. 
So it's probably a balance blade, right? Uh, Assassin's dagger of all things. I didn't uh, think it would work very well, but I didn't have anything else. I kept, I kept not getting anything run wise that was worth it, and that I wanted to switch out for it. Uh, I was like, okay, I don't want to fight him with a whip because it's hard to do combos with a whip. You know, it's yeah. it's useful, but it's not good for doing combos. And I ended up beating him. Uh, and then I told you, uh, or I, I shout out to you on the Discord. I was able to beat the timekeeper and got hit once. Yeah, I fell asleep like right before you texted uh, me that, and I was so proud of myself. I was like, you know what? If there's a trophy for not getting hit at all, I think I can do it. I'm about to fight the timekeeper on the run I'm in uh, right now. Oh, I've beaten I've beaten concierge without getting hit before. It's yeah. really easy with concierge. I haven't done it with concierge. Especially I got hit once. I, it's always when I'm being just kind of stupid because I'm like, I know I'm not going to die, and I roll through his red shroud thing he does that has a chance of damaging yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's the one really annoying thing. Is but I know I could do it without getting hit. Do you distance. get a trophy for it? I, not that I got, no. Because there's a, there's a trophy for beating the Hand of the King without getting hit, which seems impossible. Yeah, I was going to say, no, probably. So yeah, I did get the trophy for Lords of Fallen for not taking damage in any boss fight. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That yeah. was what I was going to try to I thought you were saying there was like a Lords of the Fallen trophy in uh, Dead Cells. No, that'd be cool, too. Okay, well, good. So that's yours. I have obviously, like I said, been playing that. And um, with a Death Gambit, I have it downloaded. It's sitting there. I, I finally bought it yesterday because I forgot to pre-order it. So I bought it yesterday alongside um, a game that looks like it's going to... Because Dead Cells has pulled me into this, it's a game I keep seeing on sale for like $3 or $1.50. And I'm like, you know what? It looks cool enough. And it's called like Shadow Blade Reloaded or something like that. Never have heard of that. And uh, it it dude, it looks fun. I mean, I just had uh, I had to just keep going. Like, all right, it looks like Dead Cells, <laughs> right here. Yeah, um, that looks a lot like Dead Cells, right? Yeah, there. but it's also old. I mean, it's this is like two or three years old. Twenty fourteen. Um, wow, I years. thought maybe it was a Motion Twin, the same developer. Totally not. No, yeah, that definitely. Um, looks, but wow. it was originally a cell phone game, yeah, I right? Can, ugh, touch but screen. and yeah, but it's not on. It's I mean now it's on console, and it's I think it's a similar style. Um, so I'm going to try it out. Sure. I mean, I was like, you know what? I've been liking dead cells. I think I'm going to start giving way more. Cause I don't have a problem with, um, roguelike games, but at the same time, I don't just like swoon over them. It really just depends on the game. I've had a few that I've really liked and I've had a few that just turned me off of it. Uh, dead cells has just completely addicted me. And I think it's because it has just enough of a sense of progress tied in with that. Well, yeah. I can get just a little bit further that on it, this run. It, just, it, it keeps it addictive <laughs> and it keeps you wanting to replay and replay to get different outcomes. Yeah. So I have plans to play that and I still have chasm that I bought on launch day and they're not played yet. Uh, I keep hearing mixed things about chasm, but I'm trying to go in with as open a mind as possible because I did enjoy like the first 20 something minutes when I played at, um, when I played at PSX. So I have intentions to go into that and hopefully still enjoy it. I do think that dead cells being as good as it has is going to somewhat limit my experience, uh, around that, but yeah, we'll see. Um, Saul's discording it up over here. I sure had, I got, a, we got a picture of pineapple pizza in the discord and I had to ask why who shared pineapple pizza. Blaze Jessica ordered it. Shame. No, I'm kidding. Hey, you know what? If you like it, that's cool. I get it from a food perspective. I get the idea behind it. I still it. have never tried it. Oh, I've, I've tried it. I don't like it. Uh, uh, because, well, what I've normally tried is actually um, Canadian. It's and, what I, and every time I see it, it's Canadian bacon with that on it, with pineapple. I think that's on. a traditional way to go. Yeah, because it's supposed to be the saltiness of the, the, bacon the Canadian and, bacon. Yeah, and, with the know, sweet. No, I understand. I've just never had it. Um, I never. I don't want to waste it's, half a pizza. I don't, but the thing is, is, I don't love Canadian bacon anyway, and I don't love pineapple so Canadian, shoving them together doesn't suddenly make them better to canadian me canadian bacon's a really good like private or secondary topping like you get pepperoni canadian bacon and like bacon or sausage or something it's really good with stuff see in my there. thing is, is my my go-to is always 
Italian sausage and pepperoni. Why would I want to? I, Cause you just I have that, the problem of more, getting locked into. more meat, needs more feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm going for a flavor thing. Oh, yeah. I, I go be, for Flavor Town. Me and Gaffieri. You'll in, be uh, fine with, uh, with uh, Canadian bacon. I may try it one of these days in terms of just getting something. I, I can eat one when it's like a meat madness that has Canadian bacon on it, but I don't go for it. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Well, for those that don't know, I'm about to drop into the hop and. Did you do it on accident? No, I did not do that on accident. We're about to hop into the drop. Dang it. <laughs> Wait, so you, you did it You did it on accident? No. Oh, yes, I did it on accident. <laughs> like, I literally rolled off the tongue that way. Uh, so, so drop, to drop to the hop, you have rubbed off on Saul. Yeah, you have. But we're going to hop into the drop. For those that don't know, this is this week's weekly PlayStation releases on across all platforms and PSN. And uh, we'll get started with All-Star Fruit Racing for PS4, available in stores and fi- or in in stores and physically, in stores and digitally, we have Brawl out for PS4. Looks kind of an interesting game. We have F1 2018 for PS4 out in stores and digitally, available on the 24th. We have Fall of Light for PS4. Guacamelee 2, Woo! sadly only coming digitally, and have, only to PS4. Those bastards. And only to PS4. No Vita. Here. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm mad and I'm not mad only because of who they are. If yeah. it was any other studio, the box. it would it, it wouldn't have bothered me so much. Or if it was a new title, the fact that the fact that Guacamelee Two looks just like Guacamelee, maybe a little bit of refined, but I mean, graphically, the game has not tried to just like diversify itself. I, my thing is, I don't understand why it couldn't have run on Vita, and they know they have a fan base there. Yeah. That said, I'm not going to harp on them too much. Still I still love them, it. and that game is amazing. I already, be, I already bought it. I pre-ordered it. Oh. Trying to do the pre-order on games I know I'm going to get again to save money. I need to go pre-order Spider-Man because like it sounds like it's going to be hard to get a pre-order soon. As much as like they're selling, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it seems reasonable for a game like that. I'll probably go tomorrow. We have Little Dragons Cafe for PS4 out digitally and in stores on eight twenty four. We have Out of the Box for PS4 on eight twenty two. You remember that show? That was a crunk show, boy. I do not remember that. You remember show. Out of the Box where they had like a little box thing that was like tiny outside? It was like a black dude with dreads, and he's like, "Come on, hop in." Nope. And they go in, and like the inside looks like a cardboard box as your exterior walls, but it's huge. That must have came after my time. I think we it was have, a Nickelodeon show. Ugh. We have Pete and or Pete and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fused up Pizza and Titan together. We have Pizza Titan Ultra for PS4, <laughs> Slime Rancher for PS4, Boy Tear for PS4. Spectrum for PS4, Track Lab for PSVR, and Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr for PS4. Out A23. Those names are always so damn long. It is, and they're odd to me. No Vita games <clears throat> this week. None at all. Yeah, th- it, those, days are, those days are going, sadly. But, uh, Brett, why don't you hop into the weekly news all for this past week? Ooh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've been so addicted to... Uh, to Dead Cells that I just got around to doing news like two hours ago. So I may have missed something, but I tried my best to scour. I, I mean, there's a couple of things I've obviously seen, but uh, we're going to start off with some games, com announcements of games that will be there playable. So Sekiro Shadows Die Twice will have a playable demo at Gamescom, so it's likely we'll be seeing more of the game uh, from there. Even if not officially from Gamescom's uh, you know conferences, we'll see it from people who are playing it on the show floor. Uh, next thing up is also Devil May Cry 5. We'll be having a Gamescom demo as well with the game's director confirming the completion of the first playable demo for the game uh, just in time for the show. I was on Twitter. You gotta love Twitter's just a new access for information. Um, 
Toys for Bob and Activision announced that the delay, uh, the delay of Spyro Reignited trilogy from September 27th to November 13th. Uh, I'm curious if this was done in an effort because of the backlash they saw online to get the games under the disc. Well, the the common theory right now is or that, what's going on is it the game the or second because the, too much shit's coming out. Well, I was gonna say it's, it's the common theory is. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaze is going to make me sick. The common theory is is that uh, the second and third game have a lot of problems, and that's why they weren't going to be on the disc. And uh, now they have to fix the pro- their problems are even worse than what they thought. Now, what do you mean? Like they were going to have problems, so they weren't going to be on the desk- disc because they weren't ready? Right. They weren't ready. So that's why there was going to be a physical version of them separately because they could get it all on the disc at the same time. I could see so that. So that's, th- that's what the common theory is. How that's true. If that's true, I have no they idea. They saw enough backlash that they were like, yeah, it's not worth trying to push forward. Let's just delay it. That's probably smart if that is the situation. We probably won't know that. They won't, you know, they won't come out and say that necessarily, which is unfortunate because I feel like if that's the situation, but I guess they feel like maybe they can hide behind the the excuse of there's also too much stuff coming out, so the game could use more work and it would give it a better window, which is probably true. Spyro is so big though that you assume it would have done well on its own because of the nostalgia pool, and right. it's like you know it's not going to fight Spider Man that much. People are going to buy Spider Man, going to buy Spider Man, but people are going to buy Spyro. It's weird that they're both kind of like two nostalgic classics in a weird way. Technically, both Insomniac games. I never thought of that. That is interesting, but you know. Yeah, that is interesting right. how that works out. Uh, racing game fans will be excited for two new accessories. This is for you, Ryan. Uh, I saw you posting about it. Uh, that Thrustmaster has announced the TSS Handbrake Plus. Uh, lets console players finally use a handbrake in games that will support it, uh, and the new racing clamp that lets users attach the handbrake and shifter modules for the racing wheels more easily to desk and tables without the need for a cockpit. That's pretty That's cool. That's cool. I need to look into a cockpit so I can attach my uh, Logitech because I've got the uh, Logitech. What is it? G twenty nine. I imagine going off the name a cockpit is really really big and like it's like is it a seat yeah there's different ones though some of them are like a seat that has a metal frame that can like telescope out and oh, in man that sounds huge like that sounds like you couldn't fit it in here with everything no else. i could buy ideas but once i finally get everything clear over here to just have it in there and slide it over there and then you pull it out and basically the setup is that the seat comes out and then from the metal you can extend it out and there's a platform for the steer uh, for the pedals to go onto that will basically elongate out and then you can put it on there and then from there you can pull up where the steering wheel attaches to it's all metal how much does one of those cost i like Two to three hundred dollars. They're not cheap. That's that's a little bit cheaper than I thought well, it would be. Well, that's for the cheaper lines. Uh, you can definitely get them in the thousand dollar ranges. So, so I, if, I, if between... I could ball out, if I could ball out, I know you didn't go to PSX. I should have taken a picture of it and showed you uh, the Gran Turismo cockpits that they had for the tournament. There were amazing. They felt like uh, you actually had like a car seat that was adjustable where you can move up and down. There was a door that you opened and closed to get in. Buy you a DX racer and just or like a Sparco chair and just sat it in there. <laughs> You could. That's I mean, what I'm saying, yeah. There's, there's no way. I mean, it just comes down to having the right setup. Because I can – normally I use this table when I pull my steering wheel out. and I'll. But it's not comfortable because it's definitely not – like the pedals aren't set at an angle like they normally would be. The steering wheel doesn't feel quite right. I can't get it down in my lap enough. Um, wow. So, yeah, that's these are pretty cool. Yeah. No, those, they, they make a lot of them. Those are more in the $1,000 range. It just depends on which one you're getting. Um, and they have like a shifter arm attachment, so I can. To be fair, you're pretty decent at welding. I think you could just buy oh, the no, back. I could of totally it. just. I could totally make one. Yeah. I, do I want to? Yeah, make it like a project. Painting your own color. I don't have a welder. I'd have to. I'd have to spend four hundred dollars on a welder. Why not just buy the? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. I have access. I thought you had, I thought you had a weld. I thought you had a welder for some reason. No, I mean, no, no. I never got around to buying one. I still know how to do it. I mean, I'm certified, but. Anyway, uh, those are cool. So uh, next up, Sony announced the PSVR surpassed three million units sold. Is it still a fad? Saw 
I mean, we'll tell in 10 years or not if people are still using VR. My point is that I, it's not as much of a fad as I think that you initially kind of started to write it off as. Hey, hey, didn't you call Fortnite a fad? I, I mean, I think that Fortnite, I, I'll give it the, I think I did technically use that wording. Uh, but what I really meant by that, so, but uh, still, fair fair play. What I really meant by that is that Fortnite's kind of like a catalyst for more people to start not Fortnite. I think I said Battle Royale was a fad. I mean, now of course, I guess the argument is that the same though. Yeah, it's like you know, Fortnite is ubiquitous with Battle Royale. I, I, but Battle Royale, I, Roy- I don't foresee. Fortnite is the catalyst of what gets other games to start trying to right. put I just I don't Battle Royale in. I don't foresee Fortnite any. I mean, not Fortnite VR becoming a standard. I think it's going to be a very niche thing, and it's going to be stay a very niche thing. Maybe, but my point here is that this is enough, obviously, because originally, no, I think it was the episode we were talking about PS5 that you were saying you hope PS5 doesn't have any VR stuff at all. Uh, and well, I hope they sell like a standalone model. That'd be cool to have, like that, that includes that kind of stuff, or maybe even a bundle that has VR with it. I don't need, I don't need it all my stuff because I'm not going to use it. I guess I could. But see I mean, that. it's there and it's not doing anything in terms of like slowing me down. I don't care. Either way, it's fun. Yeah, because it'd be it'd be like the uh, the Vita streaming chip. You don't really use it, but it's there, and you paid for it. Y'all are some nasty people in our Discord. Speaking of which, you can join that in our pinned tweet, and we always put it in the description below. We monitor <laughs> it during live shows, and you guys can see our reactions to stuff y'all are posting. And it's uh, I, I about, guess... y'all talk about dip, dipping pineapple pizza in ranch, and you lost me. Mm. My stomach, you lost it too. Putting pizza in ranch in general, I just I don't personally understand. But that's that's okay. all. That's all I like. Uh, anyway, the uh, three million units sold was accompanied with a uh, a timeline that was really cool. It showed like uh, the growth and every year since launch, how where what uh, numbers are passed, so, like when it broke one million, when it broke two, uh, and then big games that had come out for it, like Skyrim. Regardless of what you think about Skyrim and VR and the way it plays and everything, Skyrim coming out on VR is a big step for VR. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like oh. This is the type of game people would really want in VR, and I still I still think that Skyrim VR is really one of the cooler examples of it. It's not perfect. I think that a next iteration of uh, PSVR, so whatever they end up calling it, whether it stays PSVR, PSVR two, or whatever that comes alongside the PS five, um, if it has more traditional. Like, uh, again, technology of the time is what kind of determined that, and R&D was going on for a long time. But if they update the way that they handle tracking, I think that Skyrim, if it, even if they just re-released it, could be one of the best VR games because it's honestly a game that's ripe for it already. Um, and I don't think that it has to be redesigned from the ground up outside of just the mechanics. So they already have VR, Skyrim, just make that uh, tracking go better and then re-release it with whatever the next VR iteration is. And I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, after the announcement that Snap Map, uh, Snap Map would not be returning in Doom Eternal, fans wondered whether mods would be re- uh, supported to take its place. I know I did because it seemed like an odd uh, thing. But recently, an interview with the game's executive producer looks like it won't be happening uh, in this game, though they did say that plans for future ID software games to move back into supporting mods are in place. What's odd about this is that they were talking about technological decisions that they'd made that made supporting mods basically impossible. I can't imagine how that, I mean, mods on console, maybe, right? I don't really know how that works, but how is it set up to where, I mean, like, I don't know, did Doom 1, was Doom 1 even on PC? Or, you know what I mean, Doom 2015, 2016, whatever it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a very popular way to test your, or benchmark your PC. Yeah, I thought so. So, did it not have mods? I'm sure it did. I did. I don't play with mods typically, so I don't know. 
But Man, yeah, I don't it, honestly know. It was certainly it certainly had like a big following on PC for sure. It, that was probably the most popular place to play it. Wow. So yeah, apparently no real serious mods. Interesting. So I wonder what it is about their thing. I think that's the the interesting part of it is what is going on that makes it seemingly impossible. Who knows? It could just be some kind of weird developer incompatibility with it. I I assume it has to do with the ID Tech engine. I mean, I'm not really sure, but interesting than the least. Uh, This is more of a fun thing that I just think is cool. Uh, But during a San Diego Comic-Con panel, Corey Barlog noted that Kratos' appearance in the PS versions of Shovel Knight back in 2014 is canon. Uh and basically what this came down to is that people were talking about the fact that uh, if you paid attention in the in the boss fight for him, even though they used Kratos' original de- design, the backdrop was like snowy trees. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. I so never thought basically of that. they were talking about it was confirmed that it actually was a small hint towards the future that we now know is the God of War franchise and where it moved. Uh, and they also said, Corey was talking about the line of dialogue that they gave him was uh, my fate lies elsewhere. Um, Interesting. Which is cool. Have you ever thought about that elsewhere is why they called Elsewhere? Like, you know, in, the, in Lord of the Rings. In, in, in Tamriel? No, Elsewhere. Uh, that sounds like a Lord of the Rings place. I mean, yeah. What is it? What's the Lord of the Rings? Is it Irondale? There's a lot of places in Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about the, the, the elf capital or whatever it was. I think you're right. Oh, I haven't watched those movies in a good while. I haven't watched um, those movies at all. I still need to. Wait, you never watched the original Lord of the Rings trilogy? We've had this conversation a lot. Yeah, I, I watched like bits yes, and pieces. Yes, we did now that one. I remember this. You need to borrow mine and just and roll with it. Um, let's see. Speaking of God of War, more God of War media is on the way. The Dark Horse... Uh, announced that the Dark Horse uh, Dark Horse Comics announced a miniseries launching in November. Uh, the story will focus on Kratos' life in the Norse wilds before the events of the game. Um, the story teaser from the site is as follows, quote, seeking to put the rage that defined most of his life behind him, Kratos inadvertently sparks a feud with a mysterious cult of berserkers after attempting to save a stranger being mauled by a monstrous bear. But for the former ghost of Sparta, no good deed goes unpunished, end quote. Um, that's cool because the, the book adaptation seems to be a legitimate adaptation yeah. of the story. I like that with this, instead of trying to just give a comic version of what we already have seen, pushing it more into like, okay, well, let's take some of this time and go elsewhere with it. That's a good step. Uh, I mainly put this on there for Corey and for the fact that a lot of people do like to Overcooked, including myself, even though I didn't pick up two yet. Uh, Overcooked 2 will soon be adding a new game plus mode, among other fixes. Apparently, the game's got a couple of problems and bugs that they're trying to work out, uh, but new game plus is also very soon slated. Um, another game that's going to be getting new game plus in the wake of all this information is... Um, <laughs> What? I don't, it's, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, another game that's getting it is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Announced there'll be a new game plus mode for it as well. So that's cool. Um, Arcane Studios says, unsurprisingly, that Dishonored is resting for now. Uh, while Arcane attempts to include more multiplayer and community-driven features in its future titles. Uh, in a recent interview, a lead designer for the studio mentioned that regardless of this shift, the studio is style- still primarily focused on creating rich worlds and will rely on their environmental storytelling strengths. Um, 
which is true. I think of all of the developers out there, uh, I think that From Software have very strong environmental storytelling, and I think that one of the others is Arcane. I think that there's a lot to be said when you play, even Prey, uh, but definitely, Arc- uh, definitely the Dishonored series. They tell a lot more about the world and what's going on and the time that's passed between events with the way that things change and the way that you see the cities and stuff. I think that that's cool. It's one of my favorite things. Walking into a hotel and being like, whoa, what happened here? I think that this stuff's cool. Kind of like that's the, the best parts of Bloodborne are when you come to an area and you're like, I wonder why this is like this. And you yeah. start picking up on small things. And Dark Souls 3 did that really well, too. And yeah. Dark Souls 1. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've been talking about how I never beat Dark Souls 2. Um, somebody else said the other day, I think I am. Next time Dark Souls 2 is on sale, I think I want to buy it. Yeah, buy and that. Just, just play it. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, you know, I, I never got around to beating it. Might as well. Do a mixed hex build. It's supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to be best now. With uh, I mean, oh, it definitely from what is. you told me with uh, what was it called again? The uh, the scholar of the first end. scholar of the first end. Yeah, yeah it, it's 1080p, 60 frames. I don't think I've ever seen a dip. One, in it frames. changed all the uh, different the graphics, design yeah, like, elements that people didn't like. They uh, they kind of changed them back to a more traditional Dark Souls style. Kind of, sort of, yeah, in some parts. Yeah, so. um, it looks good. Interesting. It plays good. Uh, back at E3, Don't Nod revealed Twin Mirror coming from Bandai Namco, uh, and they have recently said that they will be revealing the first gameplay for uh, the game on August 21st, which is Tuesday. Uh, so that's the day after this goes live. I'm excited to see what that is. I thought Vampire was great. Um, and I think that, I mean, ultimately speaking, it, it was good enough to make me interested in this because that's kind of what we were going off of. When we saw E3, Vampire wasn't out yet. I was kind of like, okay, let's see what happens with Vampire. That will tell me how much I need to be invested in Twin Mirror. Uh, speaking, or, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, Don't Nod, though, did did you ever get around to uh, oh. Captain Spirit? No, I didn't. I totally didn't either. You know, I'm it's going free, to. right? Yeah, it's free. I'm going did to. Did you ever... Did, now, speaking of Vampire, because I know you briefly touched upon that, did you hear about the Netflix series? Or not Netflix series, but the adaptation. They want to make it into a, it might be Netflix actually. They want to make it into a TV series. No, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm the game curious. had a really cool world. It it it, it suffered from a, a problem that a lot of games do in that area, where games that try and do this multiple uh, interactions with characters suffers a little bit in the dialogue department. Oh, it's, it's a Fox series, so that probably means it's going to get three episodes that all air at 10 p.m. They're going to close it down. Fox yeah. is like one of the. I can't worst. trust Fox because Fox closed. Fox shut down Arrested Development. You know what I mean? Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. After three fantastic seasons. But that's okay. That's actually one of the reasons I respect Netflix, bringing it back. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't see that, but I think it is ripe for TV. Uh, but I also think it's ripe for another game, actually, as crazy as that may sound. And yeah, apparently maybe. the game sold enough to be considered a like a success success. Well, you could also up the budget and make it like a AAA title next time around. And like maybe. Expand it a little bit. I don't know if you'll get that from Focus Home Interactive, and they are the ones who own that, that IP. I don't think that that would happen, but maybe. I can't think of the last time I saw Focus Home put out a triple-A quality game. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think they've ever done that. Um, and I don't think this would have been the one that... Uh, maybe. I'm trying to think of all their games. Which one has garnered enough attention to, for them to go, like, next one we're going to double down? I think Vampire. That's, I think that's probably their biggest example, because they put out a lot of games that were mad, just like uh, THQ Nordic. You know, They put out a lot of games that are like, I'm hoping Biomutant has a very decidedly triple A feel, even though I know it's going to be a double A game. Um, but I'm, and I hope it gets enough attention that if it ever gets a sequel, it gets a, a really good treatment too. It's, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22 though. Cause you don't want to go so far away from the double A aspects that made you even like the game. Right. That it pull, but you know, it'd be cool to see it keep those idea sets, but have the polish of a triple A game. 
or, or at least very close. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think Vampire, like, once that game goes on a deeper sale, I, I'm not going to say deep, but like a deeper sale than yeah, what it's Yeah, it's 44 price. right now. Yeah, I would I would pay probably 29 for that. I game. would say that if it's a game you don't know about, $40 and under or $30 and under would be a good time just to try it out if it interests you at all. $30 and under is my go-to for physical. Or $40 and under is my go-to for physical. $30 and under is go-to for digital. For digital. That way, physical, yeah. you get the added value of being able to trade it in for yeah. probably $10. So. Which is actually going to bring me to a point in one of our remote questions, too. Okay, cool. Uh, last thing up, Square Enix have finally announced more on The Quiet Man. If you remember, that was the very, uh, uh, the brawl, uh, what was it called? The Bouncer looking, uh, I haven't played The Bouncer forever. Anyway, the very Bouncer looking game. A lot of people thought that's what it was. Um, but it was announced during E3. Uh, so that was the one that had the live action sequence with a kid going through the alley. Uh, so now we know more about it. They've said that it will be a three hour cinematic driven live action slash third person brawler experience that will have seamless transitions between live action and gameplay. We'll see. Um, the story will take place in a single night with players taking on the role of Dane. That's who apparently we saw in the trailer. Uh, most of the game's world will be inaudible, playing into the fact that the character is deaf, as we uh, kind of already were able to see, and will have you piercing to, uh, piercing, piecing together clues based on other characters' actions instead of their words. Uh, they revealed more characters from the game, as well as spoke on the game having no HUD. Having no HUD in a game like that is, like, required. You know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely what we needed to do. what Dead Space did so well. Absolutely. Well, and, and it was weird because it technically had a HUD, but it was integrated to in a way that was like, okay, but it's real. Like, it, it would be, if you were in this world, this is what it is. Yeah. But it's a very clever way of handling it. I think uh, another game that's a good example of a game that really would have suffered by having a traditional HUD is Hellblade. I think that Hellblade yeah. having a HUD would have pulled away from that experience uh, massively. It, it would have made it look more so of the AA game than a AAA game than it lo- appears to be. You know, and Hellblade's a really good example of if Vampire could get, try and do some of the uh, techniques that Ninja Theory were aiming for with trying to get a, like, you know, going triple A in certain areas like character model design and stuff like that and then finding ways to make the environments look really good despite the fact that it's technically, you know, an indie game. Right, and the budget is somewhat small. Which was interesting. Yeah, I they talked about the assets for, like, the caves and stuff. They just did, like, two or three assets and just found ways to, to manipulate them and flip, flip them, around them around and stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. I loved watching the uh, development diary on that. If you haven't played the game, uh, play it. Headphones. And then, yeah, play it with headphones and then go watch that. It was really cool. Uh, and if you have played the game, go watch it if you haven't. Just because it's interesting seeing the way they were able to pull some of these things off, like facial capturing and stuff. Yeah. They had to make their own facial capture rigs uh, to fit their budget. So, very interesting things to see. Uh, that is the last of the news, though, Saul. So, you want to hop into reader mail? Sure thing. For those that don't know, we asked questions on Wednesdays and Fridays on our Twitter and Facebook, and uh, we want to hear from you guys and ask us questions that we answer on the air. We take three from Twitter, one from Facebook, and we throw the rest into our Reader Mail Question Vault that releases the first Friday of every month, and it's a combination of all of the Reader Mail Questions we don't get to. So anytime you ask us a question, they never get left out except El Chabib. I am sorry. Uh, this is this topic is going to be dedicated to you. We haven't confirmed if we forgot his question. I'm 99 sure we did. We were in a rush, and they were in our DMs, and I am I apologize, El Chabib. Uh, we mentioned that on the stream the other day, but I want to give you a, a, a more a, more uh, upfront apology. But uh, following the recent question he asked last week, Richard Rivero comes out of the. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I almost had a joke, but I don't want to give too much away. Richard Rivera says, "Where? what are your guys' favorite PlayStation 3 memories? 
Now I've talked about mine briefly in the past and because yours are limited, like in in a, in a very odd sense. Somewhat, right? yeah. Yours are I say limited. Yours are compacted into a very solid. <laughs> I gotta tell you about this after the episode, but okay. um, yeah. But you had a very short window of when you did yours, right? Because right. you had like a no, couple well, no, of no, 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 not really. Because I, don't forget, Seth owned a PlayStation Three that I played. Back, I, I way know, back when. and and you played with us, but it wasn't the right. same. It's not the same necessarily owning as it. owning one, right? And that's gonna kind of go to like. Four months into having my PS3, I got a wisdom teeth pulled, and I couldn't really do much, and I was off work for like four days because of it, maybe three days, and uh, I said I'm going to play Dark Souls 2 all day, and that's that was really fun. It was a really fun experience trying to uh, really dive deep into the very first Dark Souls game that I played. Well, and it's one of those things, right, where it's like uh, any... It's funny, Ryan mentioned this the other day, right, is that... Uh, he actually requested uh, Red Dead 2 uh, like a week or so or at least a couple of days off around Red Dead 2 so that he can hop into Red Dead 2 and actually like soak it in. And there is something about that. And I'm going to do that with like there's games that I'm like, how much do I care about this game to where is it worth me using a sick time, like a sick day in order to just hop onto it and be able to play it from the get go. And one of the games I am going to do that with is Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm going to take, I'm okay, here's the day it's coming out. I can't remember if it's currently a Friday release or a Tuesday release, but regardless, I'm going to take the day of release off. That way I can pick it up at midnight. Oh, I get the, I did the collection edition. I don't have to wait for it to come to me. Darn. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. That's going to be like four days later. We'll see. I'm going to beat Nier the game. Was only, uh, Nier Tomata was only one day late. Not bad. And I ordered mine from Amazon. I got that same day. Um, so anyway, um, that's that's saying I kind of do that. But yeah, that's that's one of the funs of that, right? Is that you remember the game so much more fondly because of the fact that you had so much time with it in one small sitting. Uh, so favorite PS3 memories uh, are all weirdly tied into other people uh, and, and things going on like that. So there are obviously games that just stand out above the rest. But I think if I'm going to go with my fondest ones, I'm going to go with, uh, I want to say three technically but not really so when my room was uh in the room right across from here Kyrie's now uh her room now whenever i was living with my grandfather as a teenager uh me blaze and jonathan were in there uh playing little big planet 2 yeah i remember talking about this before dude it's so fun i i, I think i've talked about it on the podcast before that's but, what i mean yeah yeah I, and we have other ones in there but we were playing a little bit Planet 2. We got to the point where you can play some of the side games that happen in different uh, areas like of the story's worlds, basically, the areas that you go through. Uh, and there's a basketball mini game where you roll through, and it's basically it's very simple setup. There's a goal. There's only one goal. There's bounce pads, and the ball basically goes. If you score, if you push it in, it scores. <laughs> So what is so funny? It's like you know when you're sleepy and like you you think of something in your head, you just laugh at it for no reason. That's what I'm going through right now. Man. I apologize to viewers, but yeah, you're all playing the basketball on it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we were playing basketball, and it was the the way the basketball minute game worked was that basically there's a ball that comes down as a sponge material. Everybody can grab it, and they can grab each other and try and get each other off of it. And whoever was last to touch it when it goes into the thing makes me like Gang Beast or something. Kind of. I mean, dude, it, it was very reminiscent of the of the feeling you get from a game like Gang Beast, right? Where it's like it's everybody slapping each other and trying to beat each other the ball. We were having a blast. We were playing online. We were with these two. Like we we just got into a lobby with different guys and we were playing and we were having fun with them. Uh, and we were just like we had our headset, so we were laughing at each other and doing. Stuff. Literally, probably like we Five play or six hours, yeah, of like fun. Of only that, and we were just constantly playing it, cycling through who we were having on because only had two controllers. Um, and then another great one is uh, when DC Universe Online came out. Uh, me and Blaze were super uh, super hyped up for that. Uh, and me and Blaze, it was cold as hell. I think it was a January and it was snowing. 
Uh, and for some reason, it snowed bad enough here. And this is like 2011, 20. Yeah, probably 2011. 2011, it actually snowed really yeah, bad here. Yeah, for a exactly. While. And I think that we got off work because of it. Uh, so we literally tried. We were supposed to go to work. We didn't. So Blaze just came over here with his PlayStation. We were in my bedroom, and we just both hooked it up and just played DC Universe in the freezing cold. This house had no heater. I didn't have oh, a heater man. in my room. We're just cold, wrapped up in blankets, just over here. I mean, again, I remember probably that. ten hours that I, whole day. I remember 2011 snowstorm. It was actually pretty bad. And then after that, we went to the AutoZone over here in my truck, and we realized that the AutoZone parking lot has nothing in it. There's no parking stops so you just or did anything. Donuts. And we just did donuts in the parking lot. Only time I've ever done something that stupid, but it was fun. And even worse, Blaze's dad was driving, found us. He started doing donuts. Oh, I think he'll say he's going to get out and beat Blaze up. <laughs> no, he started doing donuts with us in his truck, so he's being ridiculous too. And his truck was nicer than mine by far. Uh, uh, my last one uh, rolls over to when we got fired from La Coretta. Technically, we got laid off because I mean we got bought out by CVS. Um, some of you will understand this. So you got a you got a what was that on your shoulder? A chip? bendy hair? Oh, a chip. <laughs> yeah, I got to work that in there. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, CVS bought out La Creta. So what was going on is that was in November of 2011. Right. So same year. At that point, me and Blaze had moved out because I was still in high school. Uh, me and Blaze had moved out, or technically I just graduated. But uh, me and Blaze moved out. We were in our own house at that point, um, and we were rolling through. Um, I just got off of playing like Arkham Knight had come out. And I want to say Arkham Knight, Arkham, uh, Arkham City. I was going to say yeah, There's a lot of good games, right? But then we got hit with the fact that so we, me and Blaze, both worked GameStop and La Coretta at the time. We were both working that dual job setup, and we both lived together. We go home. So what ended up happening is that both of us worked very minor shifts at GameStop because we were primarily worked at La Coretta. La Coretta were like. Uh, there's a chance that we're closing down, and then they were just like, oh, yeah, today's your last day. Uh, that sucks. Which is kind of weird because we expected it to be after Skyrim came out. Well, it ended up being the day before Skyrim came out. So we ended up getting fired. There was a day between that and Skyrim coming out. Uh, then we got Skyrim, and we just literally sat. Blaze didn't have a bedroom door because the house we went to didn't have one. So his, his room door was open. My, I, it wasn't one there. My door was open. They were like, my room is here, and his is like directly in the same corner. So like you go to my door, and his door is right there as well. Yeah. So I just had our door open. Me and him were sitting there playing. Uh, Tabby had just moved in with us. Podcast cat. Yeah, podcast cat. Tabby had just moved in with us, and um, she was just getting to know me because it, Hannah was going to college. So she was. I was watching her because Hannah couldn't leave her cat with her grandma. So I was like, she can move in with me. It'll be fine. You know. So we were doing that. Tabby was like coming in between me and Blaze in the freezing cold again. The house had no heat. Uh, me and Blaze are, I'm on this crappy like futon. It's funny how like these things that really are seared into your memory. Oh, yeah. And Tabby came up to me for the first time, got on my chest, and finally started needing me for the first time. It was like a week making, of her being there. Making biscuits. Um, and so she was finally being cool with me. I think she was just trying to warm up because it was cold. Um, but me and Blaze were just yelling to each other. And no joke, me and Blaze both, I think, the first entire week of that game being out, I think I put a hundred, I think Blaze put like 70 something, almost 80, and I put 119 hours. Dude, I, I don't doubt it. The first time I played Skyrim, I think I've told it before, is that like I worked at like a shoe store in the mall that's heavily centered around skateboarding and stuff. I'm sure you guys will know what that is. Um, and I, I don't know if you care. I'm over here just 
blurting out company names, and you're yeah. like, uh, I work for Journeys, you know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care. I just thought but, it was funny. But uh, I work for Journeys, and like I was part timer, and I got like 20 hours a week. And I, I remember my paycheck. I got I like I bought my groceries and stuff, and I was like, man, do I want to hang out with friends? Because I have like 60 10, I have like 68 dollars left. Do I want to hang out with friends and like go out and eat like at McDonald's and stuff with them a couple of nights this week, or do I want to buy Skyrim? And I pick Skyrim. And who needs friends when you have Thum? Dude, I'm telling you, I went home that night and like I went over to my friend Casey's house and we put it on his TV on his Xbox 360 just to see what it looked like. I did not have a, a, a that, actually the TV I have at home now was the TV we put it on. I did not have an HD TV at the time. I had that big old silver TV that you will probably remember us having. I do remember that TV. And it scaled Skyrim really weird. Like Skyrim was was not really scaled to that TV properly. I mean, it was 480, but I remember it looking very odd. Yeah, and um, but then again, I. A lot of PS3 games look bad. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? P- well, PS3, 360. Yeah. A lot of that generation's game looked bad on a 480 TV. But, uh, so I, I'm glad they didn't even include the option for a normal TV on PS4. People were mad about that. I'm like, why? Who doesn't have an HD TV now? Yeah, they're like super cheap. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, that was fun. I remember we tried it out at his house, and then I was like, I got to go home. So I took it home, and then I started, started playing again. around like 7 Me and Blade was just yelling at each other. Dude, did you see that dragon? Yes! Dude, it, it was, was funny. Because, you know, the nature of Skyrim... We weren't. We shouldn't have been doing the same thing, but somehow we were taking similar routes. Right. It was funny. It ended up being similar. Second question, Mr. No Fate over there, Mr. Sean, he says, what game currently on the PSN store would you like to see a demo for? He said, I'm thinking of games that currently don't have a demo. What game has piqued your interest, but you don't, or, but you just need to play a demo to be sure? Ooh, uh, and uh, that is a good question. I would say that like, I have a really good answer for this, but I really don't. Um, I really wish Spider-Man would have a demo, but at the same time, I don't really wish I had a demo. I want to go in blind. So, I have an answer. Is it Spider-Man? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, I'm fine with Spider-Man. Or is it Divinity, too? It's Divinity. Yeah. Uh, and that's, honestly, it's Just even, even Divinity is. 1. I, yeah. I wouldn't care if it was either. That's because, I, I okay, Divinity 1's on sale for 10 bucks, like Saul said. Everything about that game speaks to me, except for the combat system. If you go into it thinking that it is literally D&D, and well, it no, is I, I can tell that's style, what it is. Like, what I don't like is that the weird, I don't, it's like, Freedom, but at the lack of, uh, I, I use the word uh, freedom, and I mean, I guess this is technically what freedom is, but freedom at the lack of structure, uh, like at, at the expense of structure. No, no, And really. the way I, I'll explain to you why I feel that way. Because I watch gameplay, I watch uh, Jonathan and Dylan play it. Right. Whenever they were um, temporarily living with me and I was watching them play, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I like that. It's co op. Right. Uh, couch are online. That's cool. But. The combat was all the things, so I like really, really watched it last night and did like a couple of different things. Like I was like, I want to see what a boss fight looks like with it. I want to see what normal those fighting look, looks look like great with on it. The second one. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I was like, all right. The more I watched it, I was like, okay, action points. This is totally like the idea of most tabletop games, like D and D or uh, uh, Hero Clicks and stuff like that, where you have an ability to move so many ways. Yeah, but. When you really think about it, even with D&D, depending on how you play, unless you're doing Some people do it completely in your mind. Some people do it with tiles and stuff. But there's normally some kind of a structure you've given yourself of what a step really truly means. And that game doesn't really have that. It's like, okay, well, click wherever you want. We're just going to tell you wherever this is at. We're going we're gonna to kind of average out how many action points it takes to move here and to attack here and what your reach truly is from here and here. It's like... I don't know. I, I almost wish the game was on a grid system. Well, it's, it's not really... But I'm not... I'm trying... I, I'm trying not to like. I'm not 
chastising the game or criticizing the game as much as I am thinking that the game is just not set up in a way that I think will be fun for me personally. Well, but I want to try it. It's hard because, because sometimes things don't look good, but they feel good. Well, it's hard because your action points are based off your skills and stuff, so it's going to be inconsistent. And different people make. I, right. I know that. Yeah, I, and I, I know that it's uh, similar to. It, it's Divinity, like you're controlling your own D and D. Did Divinity One tell you how many action point, points you're about to spend when you moved? Yep. Oh, okay. At first, it made it sound like it did. I'm like, that's going to be a problem. No, 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 no. They had it there, but it was just average. It's just weird to me. Whereas if it was a grid, then I feel like I'd be like, okay, I can move nine squares. I'll know what that is. Yeah, that's one of those things that in my mind is like. But it looks you can play it and it looks good not having you can play a it grid. in your mind of how it's going to work out. Like if I was playing D anD D, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to sneak over here, I'm going to hide behind that, or I'm going to sneak over right, now, I'm going to move closer to that wall. And Blaze gave that example, and that's a good idea of how you can technically pull something's attention and sneak someone else around, yeah, and stuff like that. It, it's very, I get it, but I think you could do that with a grid too. Is all I'm getting at. I don't, I, I don't. But the grid is just a weird visual thing that I think would make me feel more comfortable in terms of knowing my limitations. Right. Whereas graphically, I mean, I graphically and, and art decision wise, it looks way better not having a grid. Like you know, because the game's pretty for what it is. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, and that, I think that I, mean, I don't think a grid would hurt anything. Um, I didn't think that was going to pull anything. Uh, up. Somebody else asked, "Is there a way to see grid during battle?" Oh, did they really? Yeah. Let me let me pull that back up real quick in case there is something in two that you could turn on. Well, that was definitely original sin. So that's the first one. Uh, if there was, I'd be down. I would totally try it. Way I, I don't think there is though. I don't know. No, Unless don't. you mean uh, no grid in this game, yeah. not an invisible one. Yeah, I didn't think so. Interesting. Um. Anyways, uh, in the same vein of Sean's question, we have Loki. He says. Also PS Store related, if you were given a chance to revamp the store.playstation.com, what would you do to it? What exists? What website slash existing online store would you serve as, as your inspiration? So I kind of went into this in the uh, Improving PlayStation Network episode. And I would definitely, first of all, fix your mobile app. Because your mobile app on Android right now is currently busted, at least on Google Pixel 2 XL. So, yeah, I think it's on anything that's running Android 9. I don't know for sure. No, this happened, remember, this happened before I downloaded 9. This oh, happened. was it? Yes, that was that. I, I actually you get on the store more than I do, and that's yeah, a, that's a good I, point. I mentioned this problem right now that I'm that I'm currently having back in that episode, and we didn't have Pi back then. Um, so there's a massive problem where if you pull up the store, you have to go. It loads the full website store. And it's the mobile website. Yeah, it's and, and it's I don't terrible. like it. And apparently, though, and I don't know how true this is. Uh, one of the guys from PS Best Friends were saying that. Oh no, it wasn't PS. It wasn't them. Wasn't it Ryan? It was someone else. Uh, no, Ryan mentioned that his phone doesn't have it, but someone else mentioned that it was done in an attempt that they, they said it would be a smooth. Oh, I, I'm pretty experience. sure Jeff said that. No, nah, Jeff was saying something else, but either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, somebody mentioned that they that Sony apparently, uh, um, you know, said that it was due to trying to make the experience better. I don't consider it to be better. No, it's not better. Um, it's not smoother. It's the, not the more phone, enjoyable to look at. The phone, while it was not perfect on the app. Uh, was probably my favorite experience for the PlayStation Store. And that's kind of primarily because of the fact that the PlayStation Store is a mess depending on what you're doing it on. I don't really like it on the console. I had to use it on the console yesterday to get, because I don't want to do it on the phone either, to get Desk Gambit and whatnot. But the keyboard setup is just, I was just yeah, awful. We talked about that plenty of times. That, yeah. I don't visit that. I think that it's a little I get that it's good looking, but I'm a form over function kind of guy. So what me and Jeff were talking about uh, was actually that he was saying that like he's never thought 
uh, at the time his his statement was that he's been saying it since PS uh, PSN came out that the store needs to be functional. Uh, and I said, well, actually, there was a point in time right before the PS3 did the update where it changed it to looking like what the PS4 kind of has going now. They're very similar. Um, it had a very ugly, like not very pretty. It was very basic, just a blue color scheme, uh, very bubble style uh, of everything you were looking at. But it was a very functional PS Store that had a keyboard that when you went in there, you typed it, it pulled up the entire PS3 keyboard. You were able exactly. to type what you wanted. And now that was lovely. It went to exactly what you typed instead of trying to do what the PS4 does now, which is a to where it tries ploy. to like catalog other games. And that's why it, it's part of that becomes the stupid keyboard thing. You know what right. I mean? The yeah. keyboard's there. So no, it's not like, even that sometimes. It's just the search engine is totally unoptimized. It's weird anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like we were talking about, if you type in like BR, you're going to get stuff with AK in it before you get BR because it's, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know, get I don't it know either. Why. I, I honestly, it's, I've never it's been ridiculous. It. And the fact that it doesn't try and catalog the stuff that starts with BR, because if you're it's doing it. It's not alphabetical. Why, That's a big problem. Well, yeah, because you type in you know, like BR something, right? And, then for some reason it's putting a letter it's putting a word that ends with br up there it's like why would you not put that later yep. like putting it in the search is one thing but why would you not start with things that start with what i'm typing it in why would i be searching something based off of the last two letters of it exactly that it doesn't, doesn't make, make any, any sense. sense at all um the thing is i don't know that there's a store that's out there that i think is great inspiration for it but i definitely have like a in my mind if i was able to sit down and i knew how to code out uh an app or you know whatever it is if i was able to like to okay here's what program. it is on the, I think the first thing is that, yeah, the phone does need to be easy to do it because people are going to buy things on their phone when they're at work. They see something's on sale. They go, oh, I'm not at home, but let me check these sales real quick. I'm going to grab these games. I do that. That's about the only time I get on the store. It's normally from the phone. Well, like I was I was slipping on my shoes to come over here, and I'm like, crap, I bought Divinity, but I did not download it yet. So like I was literally putting on my shoes, and I, I had to go to the stupid mobile store or whatever on the app that doesn't work right. See, and what but happened there? Now, because I, didn't you used to have the ability to say download to your console? You How, can still do it now. You just have to click on your icon, go to download list, and find it. Oh my lord, yep. that's way worse. Whereas does, before you'd buy it and it say does, download the console, it does not pop up anymore. Oh my lord, that's what I don't understand why they made this move. I hope they go back. Are they? Are, I was hoping that it was because of some kind of weird thing where they're trying to update it and do a new one, and this is like an interim. And it may be that I don't know, but this is awful. If so, I do not like that at it, all. It does not work well. It does not perform well. It's it's a mess. So definitely, will, that's that's my pretty much my complaints are my my problems. I would go. It, it's weird, but I mean. At some point, you have to not care about what it looks like as long as it functions well. And I mean, yeah, there's there should with a company of Sony's size and and PlayStation's relevance to the industry and the fact that PlayStation's keeping Sony alive and has made them profitable again. They have the money and the resources realistically to make sure that they paid somebody with good design language to come in and make these things as useful as possible, um, and and still look good. There, you should never have to sacrifice functionality because you want a specific form. Right. And it, and and what I meant by that, like, looks good is the terms of, like, I don't have to keep swiping left and right to scroll through the page that's not properly uh, optimized for what I'm looking at. And I, was, I, I found in, that you were out. able to zoom out, but then you can't read anything. Exactly. I like, so it's still pointless. It's terrible. I was like, it's just not a good setup at all. Yep. I don't like that at all. So, Loki, great question. I wish I had, like, a more... I mean, I have very quick changes. Like we said, change the way that the uh, search engine catalogs what comes up as you're doing things. Change the keyboard to where you get to type in exactly what you want, not letter by letter on some kind of weird scroll bar, but where you just pulls up the thing and you input exactly what you want, almost like a touchscreen thing. Um, I think go back to making the app be the most useful. Well, it's, it's interesting. 
Saul, in your mind, should the phone app be the one that's most useful or should the, um, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore me. Uh, anyway, do you think the phone app should be most useful or the console? Because realistically, the, the, I think the console deserves a lot of. I think you can make the phone app uh, more useful, but I think you can make the con, the con, the console, console one still needs to be more good. enjoyable. Because it needs to be, you should not want to avoid getting onto the store on the console. If I'm already on the console, I'm like, I want to go buy this. I shouldn't put my controller down to go to my phone, right? Or I shouldn't feel like I have to, right? And that's the, that's a big thing with and me I do. is that like I feel like that uh, the 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 way the phone app works so well is like one of my worked favorite features. So well, yeah, worked. It's, it's one of my favorite features to pass on to next gen. And um, I think that the console version, if it was to improve on the lag it has, if it was to improve on the search engine it has, and then the keyboard, but keep the aesthetic and keep the looks it has, it'd be perfectly fine. And then just redo the phone thing, and we'll be back on the right track. But that's a lot to go through. Yeah, so thank absolutely. you once again, Loki. Brett, you want to handle our Facebook question for the last question? The last question in? comes from Facebook from Mr. Corey Crash, and he says, with the announcement of Diablo 3 officially coming to the Switch, who do you think is better at beating a dead horse, Bethesda or Blizzard? Me and Brett actually had a conversation uh, talking about this question before we started and uh brett had thought that uh they I, had come out the same amount of times but then we realized that bethesda still won by just one and that was because skyrim has vr unless we're just really forgetting diablo on something but no, dude i'm telling you it's been on phones it was it came out twice on last gen twice on this gen and um that's it right uh, yeah I and think then, so skyrim came out on pc Twice last gen, twice this gen, VR. And we're not even talking about Skyrim Alexa, which Corey mentioned in here. That's true. So see, Technically, it's a joke, but it is really it playable. Is, so. is, not on our phones. I wish it was. That is a good point. I don't know. It's amazing that they've been able to pull this off so many times. Um, I think that in the biggest scheme of things, I mean, it's obviously Bethesda. Uh, the joke's been going on them for a long time, and I think they have a big history of it. Uh, I'm honestly surprised we've not... I, I, but Skyrim is the game that did it for them, you know? I'm almost surprised they haven't tried eating up the Skyrim love and be like, we're re-releasing Oblivion. and we're, you know, Dude, they need to do that. I think Oblivion could stand just as a, a HD remaster. Uh, obviously, no, 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 dude. Give, you it to, would, give it to Skyrim limited edition or special edition treatment and give it like... Well, the, the, but that's of, still a remaster. But oh, I, mean, I, thought, I'm with I don't you. know why I thought... Uh, I you said it's automatically like a port? assumed, yeah. A port. No, no, no. Uh, I think, yeah, just giving it an HD remaster and changing some of the things... Uh, uh, and maybe even transplanting it into the uh, Forge engine or whatever the hell it's called for uh, Skyrim and uh, Fallout 4. It would be interesting to see, but I'm surprised they haven't done that. Uh, but you start to think about it. I'm wondering, are there any other people that have really just... Because you think about it, man. Some people beat a dead horse with one game, but then you have people that beat a dead horse by taking the same game and making like eight different versions of the same game, not from a skew standpoint, but from like... Do you remember when the DS would get the Call of Duty games and it'd be an entirely different game? Yeah. Or do you remember Halo on the DS? Halo on the DS. Yeah, you don't remember that? It was like an IGN thing that they... It was it was literally running Halo 1 or 2. I think it was 1 on the DS. On the original DS. You don't remember that? It came out on either IGN or GameSpot. And people thought it was fake, but it was real. But it, So it wasn't official, but it was able to be played? I think it was official. Microsoft let them put Halo on Nintendo. And this is really old, too. So I wonder if I can even find it. But I am pretty sure this is news that it would be to me. very easy. Oh, yeah, we go right here. And this is from IGN, and I'll put but this. The, but you were never able to buy Halo for DS. Is well, what I mean, right? No, of course not. No, but like why? Somebody why, was able to crack the DS to where it could play Halo. I don't know because if you notice, it has touchscreen controls and everything, and it has the radar and stuff. It's like it looks like it's made by Bungie, 
and I, I have it muted now, but um, I'm going to have to put this link in the description what for the this world? video. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. And they're playing on Zanzibar, so that's the Halo 2. Um, but yeah, this is and this is an IGN video, so it's absolutely crazy. Okay. The gold now with a Halo paint job. <laughs> he said that's the gold now with a Halo paint job. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes sense. Man, that's wild. I didn't know that. But anyway, what I mean is that there's plenty of developers who've pushed through just we're gonna we're gonna milk this game for as much as it's worth. We're gonna release Call of Duty Modern Warfare on the DS. What are you doing with that? Just trying to hype off that name. Which one's objectively worse? I would rather Skyrim's a good game. I'd rather it be released over and over again than have Skyrim ha- still call it Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, but put it on the DS and it's not even the same game. Don't forget that um, that uh, Final Fantasy a uh, Final Fantasy Seven game came to mobile phones and Oblivion did too, and they were completely different games. Was it called Oblivion? Or was it Elder Scrolls Travels? Because that was a no, separate. I'm pretty sure it was Oblivion on a flip phone. It like, was just called Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Um, and it also could because be... I, I think you're talking about the the uh, whoa, what was it called? The NG, what was it? Called? No, it's a, it's a Elder Scrolls Oblivion mobile. But what was that phone called? The Neo Geo, something like that. But I remember seeing this in like an app store somewhere, and um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was the same phone, and I can't remember what it was called for some reason. They made a God of War. It was called God of War Betrayal uh, for the same phone. And there's a Final Fantasy VII one too, and I think there was a Kingdom Hearts one before. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. Oh, Kingdom Hearts Coded was on phones. Well, that that's that that's new phones. I'm talking about old flip phones. Oh no! Yeah, never mind. It was on old flip phones, wasn't it? That's because what that's what that's what recoded is. I forgot about that. But yeah, this yeah. Is, but again, those are, that's what I'm they weren't flip phones. It was like a slide up phone. Well, yeah, but it like, was in the age of flip phones. Right. So yeah, before smartphones. So, and that's not even Oblivion. That's literally weird times, just like man. a weird RPG game. That's what I mean. So which one's worse? You know, I would say honestly that Skyrim or Bethesda's milked it the best. Uh, Bethesda's milked it the best, I think. I mean, Diablo, I think it'd be hard to argue that Diablo's as profitable as Skyrim. And I saw Blaze talking about this. And I meant to chime in last night because um, I was actually curious to hear his stuff. But I wish that, that in a way, that Overwatch didn't exist because I like better better Blizzard games more. But but Overwatch and Hearthstone have, like, overshadowed everything. everything. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I want a new StarCraft game, and I want a new, like, competitive-style Diablo game. Well, and StarCraft was surviving off expansions for a long time, but now it's not. So people are talking about it's pretty much done. Yeah. Who knows the next time we'll see a new StarCraft. Right, and I'm hoping to see a new StarCraft And it gets interesting because they've been making these same series for so long. People are like, well, they've done everything they can do in that genre. Obviously, they haven't because you. I would have thought that I would have thought that Diablo was all you could do with the, that genre until something else came out and pushed it even further, and then something else came out. But like Diablo three did a lot. The crazy for thing that about genre, the crazy thing lot. about uh, RTS games is that there's so much stuff you could do with timing and mechanics in those games that you could make it fresh every every time you reiterate it. If you well, there's that people. you can make the gameplay feel different and fresh instead of just iterated on. But at the same time, I mean, well, it's always going to feel iterated on. It's because you well, have what, a very basic genre. But Diablo three did a lot of things that were new, like in the terms of like, okay, rifts. We're going to make rifts. Right. Now. We're going to do all these. Uh, we're going to do. Like it was a, the first Diablo game to have seasons. Yeah, we're going to have seasons. We're going to roll through and have different things going for seasons and different. We're going to have a radiant. Like we're going to have a quest storyline where we just keep coming up with quests for you, no matter what they. Are. They're just like we had, they were where you could roll through adventure mode, and it was like, well, here's bounties. The bounties are random every time. The the system just makes them up, and then you roll through them. And it's a fun way to just keep playing the game if you want to play them. Uh, the drop system, the way that they did it, and uh, the way that they did the. Um, uh, modifiers on enemies was incredibly fun, and I want more games to do that. Not even in that genre. I said that Destiny would have would have benefited massively by just having it to where any enemy could be 
any modifier. Like you just have a chance of an RNG of when an enemy spawns, it just goes bam. Okay, with this we're gonna do. Uh, it's a. I, I'm trying to think of the basic destiny enemies. What are they called? Um, like. The, the fallen the fallen okay yeah so you have like a fallen dude right and he just runs at you know they're normally there's like a one shot to the head and they're dead right but this dude's kind of crazy right say they had the diablo system behind it now he's a fallen but he's a legendary fallen who's got this this and this modifier and so he's this hard much harder to kill and he can summon these types of ads and this type of area of effect damage it makes the gameplay more dynamic and fun feeling and that's one of my favorite parts about lord saw that's one of my favorite parts about diablo 3 though and I think that that's Diablo doing that shows me that other games can do that. And I agree. And I wish like what my, my big problem is, is that these style of games, what they, what happens is that they just update them and they stay competitive that way instead of re-releasing them. And I would kind of wish they would re-release them. I mean, it's, it's the, it's almost like certain of these games. I would, I'd wish they were re-released instead of uh, tied into games as a service. What do you mean re-release? Like they would, like, I wish there was a Starcraft three. Oh, you're saying instead of making a sequel, they just keep they keep giving a game. Legs. Well, I'm saying like yeah, instead of I making a sequel, it's and there are certain games that are that fit into games as a service. I wish were they would have a sequel instead of games as a service. Yeah, games as a service makes sense, but you still need to eventually sequelize, right? Because right. there's only so much you can and do. Starcraft without... Two came out in what? Oh God, 2009, probably. I right? do a long time ago. Um, it's interesting though. Or 2007. I know it came out when I was in high school. I'm pretty sure. 2010. I was going to say 10. Okay, but so right after high school. I wouldn't have guessed. Man, I, I really thought I was in high school when that game came out. That's wild. Eight years, and they haven't come out with another one. But you know, think about it. Diablo three to Diablo Diablo two to Diablo three was like 12 years, wasn't it? Something ridiculous. Yeah. And then. God, man. The time we're gonna have between Halo Halo six and or Halo five and Halo Infinity and. Halo it's Infinite? long for Halo, but yeah, not necessarily long. long. But yeah, I feel. But uh, Brent, <clears throat> why don't you go ahead and uh, lead us into the topic with our good buddy Elchabib's question of the day? Mr. Elchabib asks, "Hey guys, with Naughty Dog putting Uncharted to rest, what will be their next tentpole in gaming? Could it be the rumored sci-fi game, Sci-Fi and Naughty Dog? That sounds like a fantastic idea. What do you guys think? Kudos for the great podcasting. Thank you, Elchabib. You're always so kind. Thank you, man. Um, Thank I actually think that this is a really interesting question, right? Because years ago. There were rumors that Naughty Dog was going to be doing some form of a sci-fi game. Uh, and a lot of people were speculating. If you remember in The Last of Us, um, if you were any kind of a collectible hunter, or you really should have at least seen one of them. Um, I think one's given to you. I think one is given to you. Uh, but there's a comic book series that goes on that you can pick up and find different comics on. And that, they're not in-depth. I mean, you can just kind of see them and see different covers and stuff. But it was called Savage Starlight. And a lot of people were like, okay... Uh, you know, for them to have put this much time into making this art and these obviously the same two characters, it would make sense that whoever was thinking about that just to put it in as a collectible was like, you know what, let's expand on that idea, right? Kind of like you saw Detroit come from the tech demo, Kara, where it's like, okay, well, here's just an idea. All we're doing here is trying to show you what we can do with our new technology. Right. And the Kara technology ended up leading to Beyond, but they liked it. People liked it so much, and the creator liked it so much that he was like, you know what? Why don't we just revisit it? Yeah. And I think that it would make sense for for Naughty Dog to go, okay, what do we do next, right? We've already just completely... Okay, Uncharted is like the pulp action. Like, here we are. This is what it is. They've already... They, they've done that. They've iterated on it every way you could think. And then... I'm not going to say every way you could think. I think that there's still Diablo games to come. I mean, Diablo games. I still think there's Uncharted games to come. Um, and it's interesting because, like, you know... 
Yeah, Naughty Dog's putting Uncharted the rest. I don't think Sony is. Uh, and I think that that's obvious. Like we talked about the rumored new studio that Sony was putting up that looks geared to be working on a new Uncharted game. Right. Uncharted is a series ripe for more stories. I think it's a very fun series. They're grounded and very realistic. They push the technological envelope a lot. People like that. Uh, they like the characters. And the gameplay is fun enough that as long as you can keep coming up with relatively fun puzzles and try and do things that are new, you can continuously make Uncharted games uh, every two to three, maybe four years, and have great games that sell really well. And it makes sense that Sony would not want to drop a franchise as as, as my... as what do you want to say? I guess as profitable as Uncharted. If they can still make money off of it, which they obviously can, then why not keep pushing on it? You know, you, but where do they go next is an interesting question because where have Naughty Dog been versus who is at Naughty Dog and where are they going to go versus who is at Naughty Dog? So you think about where Naughty Dog started, right? Platforming games. They have Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter, and even to an extent, there's a lot of platforming in Uncharted. Platforming took a back seat in The Last of Us, to more gritty action and stealth. Uh, and then you saw that come back around to an extent in Uncharted, even though they still kept the platforming in Uncharted because it's part of the gameplay, or yeah, part of the game's DNA. Um, but this is, a, this is a company that up until The Last of Us just had a huge background in knowing how platforming works. But the people that are at Naughty Dog today are far different than yes, the people that were at Naughty Dog up through even the first Uncharted. Uh, and when you kind of start thinking about what that means for them, you you like to think of a studio as a as a group of people that kind of stay there a long time. Naughty Dog is actually a one of those studios because of the way that the work environment is there. It's almost like a like a chamber for people to come into. What do they call it whenever you put eggs in a um, under heat? An incubator? Incubator, thank you. It's like an, Naughty Dog is an incubator. <laughs> anyway, for talent to come in, some talent does choose to stay, but a lot of people go there, do a lot of really, really heavy work, and they push themselves, and they finally come out with this thing. And then they use that to basically bolster their resume and go on and take that opportunity that was afforded to them by being there and then go on and do what they want to do elsewhere uh, and probably be able to have a slightly more lax um, – schedule that you're trying to hit uh, or, you know, have creative control over what you're doing exactly. And I think with that being said, it's hard to say that Naughty Dog is going to be a complete evolution of what they've done since so much of Naughty Dog has changed right. since the beginning of the Uncharted series. Definitely moving forward now with like a, a Evan uh, Wells, I think, or who was it? It's not, is it Evan Wells that left? I actually, um, I don't really know that many people's names off the top of my head for what Naughty Dog. I know, of course, Neil. <clears throat> But, um, you know, oh, I, Evan Wells is the president. I'm sorry. Uh, it's the, um, what is the dude's name? Um, oh, I know Christoph Bellester moved, but who's the guy who is the, I don't know why I can't think of the name right now. He was the, uh, co-director on the last of us. Um, how I can't remember his name is killing me. Um, but that's okay. Bruce will, Stanley. Yes. Bruce Straley. Bruce Straley. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Straley's left and he was a big creative head there. Which and they're moving new people up. Yeah. Uh, Neil came in with the last of us being his first real original project, even though he was a writer on the uncharted series beforehand, but then he actually got creative control. Now, as you've seen naughty dog uh, and Sony particularly, basically just moved him up into like the head of what naughty dog is doing. And he's very centered around that. So, I guess the question comes from what would you imagine that Bruce would want to do next? 
I almost because he's so into the idea, as we've talked about, of using games to tell stories that can help further things that he believes should be talked about. So, you know, we use the word agenda and that word can have a negative stigma on it. But at the same point, I mean, everything has an agenda. When people work on something, there's an agenda of what you're working in. So, I mean, a, a great example of that is people are talking about Mafia 3. Mafia 3 had the agenda of talking about racism in a very real way and trying to show racism through a game and trying to do it in a way that felt historically accurate. Right. So you can use an agenda in, in good ways. You can also use an agenda to be just too heavy-handed, and that's what we talk about. So I think it depends on... Will Neil be the creative head behind the next game I'm and the sure. next move? You feel like he would. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Because he's, such, he's done so well. The Last of Us was so big for Naughty Dog and for PlayStation. Boy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, Naughty Dog, the Last of Us was so big for Naughty Dog and PlayStation that and Neil being the big driving factor behind that and Neil becoming this voice for The Last of Us and everybody knows him and like people use that name now. People are like, oh, it's, it's, he's working on it? It's almost like they need him. But do you see him moving forward to sci-fi, and what what would he what stories would he be trying to tell? So I have like, in a sci-fi setting. I have what I want from Naughty Dog. I don't think they'll do this, but um, they should totally do a sci-fi third-person slow walking, similar to Last of Us. Nothing like super fast, like Uncharted. So but, not not action heavy, but uh, no, we're trying it, to think of the wording. A, yeah, I was gonna say it's not action heavy. I mean, it's it's action heavy, but it's not fast. Yeah. It, but uh, it's weighty. I should say weighty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great word. Uh, but a sci-fi horror game, somewhat a Dead Space, but well, with a, a good cinematic style narrative and story that would match The Last of Us. So you've seen horror in The Last of Us, and you've seen how well he can convey horror in some certain parts of The Last of Us, like well, the uh, yeah. subway, or not subway, but... Um, well, there's that, like an uneasy feeling when you're running through areas. Well, no, I'm trying to think. Well, the, the subway place, area. Like, is it the subway area that's like underwater? Yeah. And then you, there, there's a couple clickers you have to sneak down. Yeah, that is the subway area. That, that, that area, last difficulty... Is ridiculous, but it's more the tension that ridiculous. the game creates. Right? But yeah, you are right. I, right. I, I get the that. design of the clickers and all, every just anything in that game. They it, make a great horror enemy, right? So imagine like sci-fi alien horror designs that they could come up with that would look sick. So basically, Dead Space from Naughty Dog. Dead Space from Naughty Dog. Oh, that'd be so cool. It would. It would. I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't for, see it happening. I'm waiting on Dead Space from uh, Miyazaki over there at From. What that sounds? Would be sick. What sounds weird about this is okay. So do you remember where what basically? Um, Lucas Arts were trying to do with Star Wars twenty. What was it called? Twenty thirty three. Yeah, um, I think it was that. Anyway, so when you think about what they were trying to do with that, they were basically trying to tell a, and even what uh, Visceral was trying to do with their Star Wars game that got moved around, and it's probably going to be something different now. Thirteen thirteen thirteen. Thank you. Twenty thirty three is Metro. I don't know why the hell we were thinking oh, about Oh, yeah, that is, that's uh, completely different. Star Wars 1313. So that was like the idea of trying to give you like a very character-driven, uh, character narrative-driven action game set in the Star Wars universe. So when you think about it, where I feel like makes the most sense for them to go is to keep the... I don't want to say keep the, right? I feel like you could take some of the tone of Uncharted, some of the tone, and move that into basically what would be the equivalent of what everyone would want from a Star Wars game. <laughs> and, or I'll say everyone. That's well, not fair. I'll say at that point you have like um, the, the Solo movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that we've already seen like echoes of, or not echoes, but you know, I think we've seen little bits of what I think would be a good Naughty Dog game in space. 
I think that Naughty Dog going sci-fi seems like a good area that they've not quite gone because what would because Jack and Daxter. I'd consider more like steampunk. I was going to say steampunk is the best one. Uh, no, it's not exactly steampunk, but right. that's where it's, I think it's, it's it most not, closely aligns. Yeah, I'll say it's it's not, you can't really easily describe it better than that, I don't think. So if you think about where they move within, you know, they can take, because even, um, even Jack and Daxter 2 and 3, uh, they went more weighty and serious with their stories, but they were still in, in a somewhat whimsical world, right? Yeah. So if you try and take the the groundedness that Uncharted and even The Last of Us bring because like the, the one of the great things about The Last of Us to me personally is that it takes something that's obviously really not going to happen but it puts you in a grounded situation of what it would it's be like so grounded it that it feels like it feels like it could really happen right uh, and it feels like well th- this is a very real take it's kind of like what you know we, the Batman movies aim for it's like let's try to take the Batman character Stuff and everything that's off the wall but it can if it happened ground him. this is what it would be like if it yeah, actually and happened and let's ground it as much as possible while trying to keep it similar to the to the source material so since you're not focusing on source material instead it's like Okay, take that grounded approach that we started really getting with Uncharted and then we really saw uh, in Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us. Take that grounded approach, move it into space. Yeah. I think that's smart. I mean, I think it fits the tone of what you think from a space game. You know, space, even like you're talking about with uh, Dead Space, right? So if they were if they were going to make a Dead Space-esque game, Dead Space's thing is grounded. You know, it's like uh, outside of, I mean, realistically, Dead you're Space a, was grounded for what yeah, it was. Yeah, you're not a superhero running through, blasting off of you're a You're a typical morphs. person. You're an engineer, right? So if you think about what Dead Space was aiming for, you're an engineer. You're somebody who makes sense to be on a ship. You're somebody who would have the tools needed to help you get through these uh, uh, creatures that you're having to fight. And I think that... Um, that was showing us what a grounded space game can be. Then you have games that are not as grounded, right? Because The Last of Us has a lot of stuff. I mean, The Last of Us. Star Wars has got a lot of stuff that's like, I don't know, this isn't very grounded. It's very sci-fi heavy. There's a lot of stuff going on that's like, well, what's going... I mean, Dead Space had that when you think about the marker, which is what you're looking at now. Yeah, I can't remember um, the name of the aliens. Oh, said, the Necromorphs. That does not sound right to me for some reason. I'm fairly positive. That's what I thought of. Type in Necromorphs. No, it popped up on Google, but that's what I thought of in my head. I thought of Xenomorphs. First of all, that's yeah. alien. Yeah, that's that, and I think that was, again, the, the kind but of then thing. I, but then I was like, no, it's not. It's, it's Necromorphs. And then that popped up, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. Okay, I thought there was an X in there somewhere. Yeah, so there, there are things, of course, the marker and what it means and whatnot. But I think that those are things that, again, they feel so grounded that you're like, it's okay, though, because I feel like I, this is what it would be, be like when it's happening. Space games already have that nature to them where it's like you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief because it's, was, it's in space. It's in space, and we don't know the rules of space, right? Right. All the rules of what we think about when we think about realism are all based on our experience on Earth. And the number one thing that comes up when you think about space exploration is, is what it, do we know? Like, so other than the moon. gravity being different somewhere else, right. what does that really mean? What does that truly mean, right? Because one, one of the things about – it's interesting because the excuse tends to be that when you do it, we have technology that counteracts all of what space would change for us anyway, right? So we have our perception of gravity based off of the gravity of our planet and how it feels to us. But when you go to the moon or something like that, it's one-sixth of the Earth's gravity. So how does that feel in comparison? Uh, but you know, when you play games like Mass Effect, right? Mass Effect, you're on different planets. Either they're all supposed to be habitable zone with very similar gravity, or the, the more likely situation is that the technology in which we have and that we are wearing is adapting everything to where it feels similar to us, right? I don't. It, it's interesting because you think about that. It's like, well, yeah, it makes the games feel real to us in a sense because 
what we what we construe as real is based off of our experience here. Yeah. But I would like to, to see a game to. be ballsy enough to go, let's go to another planet. Where no man has gone before. Well, because like even No Man's Sky, right? You don't feel... It was a space jump. Yeah, I know. But wouldn't it be crazy if No Man's Sky would let you like jump and every planet you had like a different gravity like if gravity was explained on the, on the things like i would be light gravity thrill, impressed it, it'd be really cool wouldn't it yeah, it'd be crazy because you, your physics thing would have to be scalable the, the amount of numbers they'd have to keep up with to be able to do that but how cool would that be you know it would be it, now okay now, does that make a good game i guess that's the argument probably not yeah, it's immersion immersion yeah sure but would it feel weird like would it take away from what naughty dog does well because it's like well this doesn't I mean, feel weighty and real in a real I don't, sense. I don't want to see ex- exploration from Naughty Dog, if that's what you also mean. Well, I do to an extent, right? Because I guess you Not did, like you, space exploration, though. Like yeah, corridor explo- exploration, yeah. Space station, well, yeah. yeah. Ish. It, it depends, right? Because you don't want to go to the full world. You don't want to get off the rails. No, you just they're, go, they're, you go to a space station. But I know what you mean by space station, but I'm thinking more along the lines of like going to a planet and going to a small area of a planet. Because like... Uh, and, and and incorporating that, right? You'd obviously have some space station stuff. Uh, but another thing about Naughty Dog is that you want they are typically working with sprawling environments. Even The Last of Us is sprawling environments. I wouldn't I would not want to you can, you can I personally a big, big space station would not want to confine them to a space station because space station is realistically no, like you could do it so corridor sci-fi. heavy. No, you could do it so sci fi that it could be it could be almost like not quite like a Death Star, but like something like waterfalls inside and like different biomes inside the space station. That'd be kind of cool. Dead Space kind of played with that in two. It kind of a did. little bit, a little bit. I actually not to that. the point that you're talking about, but you're still going to have to have with the way that it's going to work. It's it's going to end up being that way to feel like well, it's really e- a space station. E- EA doesn't want to bring back Dead Space, so somebody better do it. Night Dog, yeah, bring back Dead it. Space. But you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like you didn't play the Last Legacy, right? The, or the Lost, Lost Legacy. Legacy. Sorry, the Lost Legacy. I, um, no, I didn't. But so, no, I saw. I've seen pictures in like the temples and all the other like really cool like. Well, yeah, but what I mean geographical by that areas is that because of what it did for exploration, in the sense of what exploration would be in a Naughty Dog game, and kind of exploring that, and I think The Last of Us will really tell you what you want to see in exploration from a Naughty Dog game, right? I think well, that's going to be the biggest was, example. That was the best kind of linear. It wasn't yeah. linear, but it wasn't open. So it, yeah, it, I get what you're saying because like you can look for stuff. But the last, yeah. the, the lost legacy goes a step further, where you get to do, you get to do things in the order you want and going places in a different order. It feels so much more natural because it gives you this area. It's like, well, why would I be controlled to in this area if? possible technologically speaking which we all we know it is because the lost legacy did it why would i be constrained to the order in which i have to do these things all i know is that here's the mystery of what i'm doing why can't i go and attempt to solve them in the order i want and that's exactly what the lost it's, legacy it's a plot did. device in most games well but it was and you're right because of the limitation of how much dialogue room do you have and yeah and how how smart is your ai to pick up on the right. differences of what's going and to on to push the story in this certain direction you got to do this first yeah instead. yeah and so when you're thinking about something like that uh, it comes down to, like, what it basically did for us, it, for me, is that it was like, okay, the game paid attention to what I was doing, and then it changed the dialogue to fit the order in which I did certain things. Right. Uh, and I thought that was great. That, I think it was a really cool, a really cool like, addition to the game. So seeing how The Last of Us either does or doesn't, we don't know, expands on that, could tell me where I want them to go in a space thing, because... There's a lot of ideas that that Naughty Dog have tried doing to try and give themselves a new breadth, like uh, the stories in Uncharted Four. Like when you're walking around Uncharted Four and you can like stop and like talk to him and be like, "Well, this is what happened," and I'm going to choose to tell you about this thing, right? That was interesting. Yeah, having the ability to choose what you want to tell him, but it wasn't great. 
And seeing them move along from that, I don't know exactly how it would work, but seeing Naughty Dog go into some realm, potentially, and I don't know if I want this for sure, but I think it's interesting to think about. What if Naughty Dog took over the Mass Effect style of giving you, like, a smaller cast of characters, but throughout all of them, there's real relationships and you choose what you say in every encounter. Would that help or hurt? And I really don't know. I probably, why would it hurt? Because you think Naughty Dog being the studio behind it leads you to believe that if, if it was all up to Naughty Dog's standard of quality, it could be really amazing. Right. Potentially, right? It could be what Mass Effect Andromeda should have been, but wasn't. Right. Uh, and you know that animation, from what we're seeing from The Last of Us... Um, Two, the animation would be gorgeous. You wouldn't have to worry about that. So basically, it'd be exactly what the, what Mass Effect Andromeda was trying to promise to be, but on a, a slightly more scaled down personal level and with the characters being fully detailed and having dialogue that feels right and that changes what you're doing. I guess I, I'm trying to think if that's, is that what I want from Naughty Dog? Do right. I want to see Naughty Dog branch into branching narratives? Like, do I want to see them expand that direction or not? Because... I obviously am a fan of the single-player linear experience because of how pulling it can be, but Lost Legacy showed that it can still be pulling while giving you a sense of control. Yeah, and so to end the episode with this question, if a, if a Naughty Dog, like let's just say there's a teaser and you're slowly traveling through space, stars and such are passing, and you come up upon a moon, and then the name of uh, Savage Starlight pops up. How on your hype levels, where would you be out of 10? Just seeing that. Similar to Elder Scrolls uh, 6. 6, yeah. 6? Yeah. Elder Scrolls 5. Yeah, it's 6. Is, it Elder, is the newest one Elder Scrolls 6? Yeah. Is it not Skyrim? Elder Scrolls 6? No. Skyrim? Okay. Elder Scrolls 5. I don't know why that Four sounds, is Oblivion, sounds three is more weird out, just saying it out loud. Okay, but yeah, like what would your hype levels be? 1 to 10. Okay, so... Just off that. Realistic hype, because you know how I am. A little different. We don't know much about it, but the prospect of what it is in my mind, like as soon as I saw it and thinking about what it's all like it could be. It's like 10, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, that's what because, it is Because, like I say, Naughty Dog is synonymous with quality, which we're seeing that happen with more studios now. Like uh, we saw, we were seeing, we saw that basically happen with uh, San Diego, or San Diego, I'm sorry, Santa Monica, um, which we already knew that Santa Monica had that for them, but they're on the same level of, of, uh, of it now. They were technologically very impressive throughout the God of War thing, but a lot of people were, were very, very hard in the stories. So now that we see God of War have a uh, what most people would consider to be a Naughty Dog level story or even better, uh, and you see them also go graphically above and beyond and have an AI companion that's great, they're up in this. They were already upper echelon, but now they're cemented in upper echelon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, or at least in my mind, for a long time, it would take a big misstep to pull them out of that. Uh, you seeing that happen with uh, the uh, Sucker Punch? I think Sucker Punch has shown that, even with the slight missteps that you saw with Second Son. I think for the most part, with how beautiful Second Son was and how what it did all in the gameplay department, and now what we're seeing with Ghost of Tsushima, they are... Yeah. Sony is already synonymous with quality in a way that almost nobody else is. I think Nintendo, but not in the same grand scheme because Nintendo is more of an iterational quality and you know it's going to be good because they don't stray too far away from the core idea of what it's supposed to be, right? It's always going to be a new Mario, a new Zelda, a new Kirby. But they're, and so you know it's going to be good because it's built upon a foundation you know of, but it's very rare they go new. Because uh, like a lot, uh, Some people were actually, I remember this, Nintendo's synonymous with quality as long as it's within a game series that you know. A lot of people were really kind of weird about um, Squid Game. What's it called? Splatoon. Splatoon. But then it cemented itself as a quality game for people that enjoy that. That's what I'm saying. And it got big. 
But Sony already being synonymous with quality that way, and then Naughty Dog being the head of what the synonymous with quality thing is, it's it's interesting to think that anything they do automatically gets a big level of hype behind it. And now that's true of Santa, uh, Santa Monica too. I'm, I'm really bummed that Santa Monica's uh, sci-fi game that they were working on. That I don't know if you saw that yeah. uh, concept art. It was really cool. And it's just no longer. With that not being around, it's like I would I would have been excited for that too. But thinking about Sony going into space. And doing it with a studio that has that breath, like we're also seeing that happen with uh, Gorilla, you know. So it's like Gorilla Studios with Horizon. They're you know Horizon pulled them up to a new level of like they are. Oh, okay, I thought you meant space. I'm like, no, 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 but they're a quality studio. So I think that any of the studios could go into it, but Naughty Dog still has the most good uh, goodwill towards them in terms of people know that if you see Naughty Dog attached, it's going to be a fantastic game for most people. Yeah. Now, of course, every studio has people that are like, nah, not for me, or nah, that wasn't good. I know plenty of people, definitely in the Discord, didn't like The Last of Us, but I think it's hard to argue that it wasn't a well-made game that had quality, even if it just wasn't for you or if you didn't like certain things about it. So I still think that there's a level of, I think most people would be like, whoa, Naughty Dog, space, sci-fi, what? It'd be interesting, yeah. It would. It, I think it, it'd be hype. So I think uh, great question. LCB I want to know what you think about the uh, the sci-fi thing, of course, uh, but also everybody else. Do you think sci-fi is the next thing to go, or do you think that they go somewhere else? Do they stay grounded and on Earth? Do they try and go somewhere in the past? or Because they, they've always been kind of present day. It could, it could be like a plot twist thing, like where you think they're on some hidden planet somewhere out in the middle of the solar system, and then at the end it's like, oh, yeah, this is Earth. Yeah, it's been done a hundred times. It's been done a hundred times, but if you do it right, it's still impressive. No, I would see that coming Planet of the Apes. Way. I would. <laughs> it's been Planet of the Apes. We did After Earth do that too. They I ended up so. being on Earth. That, boy, that I movie. So. That um, movie. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really interesting question, LCB. And I'm going to keep thinking about it. It's something that's really hard to answer off the top of your head. But yeah. I do think that the idea of sci-fi and Naughty Dog's great. I think that Sony, Naughty Dog will obviously continue to be a big studio for Sony, and that anything, of course. anything that they do next is going to be widely received uh, well, honestly. I mean, it's just going to happen. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they allow someone else to pull up and let uh, and go back to the two-team idea yeah. and let uh, Neil and his team keep doing their thing and let someone else come up and try and do their their version of what they want to go. Because, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, don't, I guess in my mind with what I know Neil has worked on, I don't see him going sci-fi. It would be interesting. But I see Naughty Dog going sci-fi. Yeah. It'd be even crazier if the guy who came up with the Savage Starlight idea, like whoever the hell he was, oh, yeah. if he gets pulled up to be the director because he he's like, but no, I fleshed it out. This is his idea, yeah. That would be cool. And this is his story. That um, would be. Because you know, behind that, you know that you have the studio f- being like, okay, well, here's the idea. Great. But we want it to be quality. So we're going to push for it to right. be what it needs to be. So yeah, let us know what you think about Naughty Dog's next game. Should it be sci-fi? Should it be something else? Will they go to teams? What do you think? Let us know. And until next time, this has been Triangle Squared. Saul, want to add anything else? Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you, Patreons.